Oftentimes, we can get to a place of complacency in the church. We can be very comfortable where we are, but God has challenged us as believers in the body of Christ to step out of our comfort zone and expand His kingdom. This series is about submitting to God's will and vision for the church, being completely dedicated, heart and soul. Good morning, Connection. How are you? Yeah? Cool. Just in case this is your first time, I'm not Brandon. My name is Sean Fox. I'm the communications director here at the church and wanted to, again, welcome you. Thank you for coming. Um, We love doing this every Sunday. Um, Love lifting up the name of Jesus. How was worship? Was worship not great? Uh, Matt McKinney, our our worship leader, and the rest of the uh, guys and girls up here kill it every week. Um, And, you know, this is my first time up here. Normally you guys would see me back on the drums, um, breaking sticks and stuff like that. Um, But this is a little bit different today for me, um, probably for you as well. Uh, This month is kind of special to us, um, Connection. This is Pastor's Appreciation Month. And so this morning I really wanted to talk a little bit about Brandon uh, first, just what an incredible leader he is and how thankful I am uh, to have been serving in ministry with him for the past seven or eight years. He's an incredible leader. He loves people and he loves the church. And uh, guys, uh, the other thing is that tomorrow is his birthday. Okay, so this is what we're going to do this morning. Okay, church is supposed to be fun, right? So we are going to collectively shout happy birthday, Pastor Brandon, on the count of three. Okay, all however many of you there are in here. We did this in the first service. It was great. It was fun. We're going to do it this this second service. Okay, you ready? So we're going to say happy birthday, Pastor Brandon. One, two, three. All right. So with that and his birthday being tomorrow and this being fall break, the likelihood of him being out of town is pretty high. But if you would still like to bless him during the week, he loves French fries, brownies, and lemon squares. And by he, I mean we. (laughs) So as a staff of Connection, we love all of those things. I'm kidding, but if you really would like to do that, that'd be great. Um, so this, this morning, we are continuing the Heart and Soul series. This is week two. Heart and Soul is what we call the members here at Connection Church. And I wanted to read, again, what we had on the video really quick so that you guys kind of, this gets down deep. It sinks in, okay? So Heart and Soul is what we call our members here at Connection. It means we are one. It means we are united around one message the gospel. We are bound by something greater than ourselves, the Holy Spirit. We are the sum of total of our gifts, the body of Christ. We are serving the same Lord, Jesus Christ. We are moving with a common purpose, connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other. Now that's why we do what we do. We exist to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. We believe that that's a twofold ministry that God has called us to. 
Um, if you remember last week, Brandon talked about our vision is changing on October 20th. So if you were planning on missing that day, don't. If you know people who are not here today, remind them and tell them to come back. It's going to be an epic day, huge for our church. We're moving in a new direction. We're going to do some big things that God has put on our hearts. And we all want you to be here. The other thing that I did want to remind you is that that night, doors are going to open at 5.30, but we're going to have a night of worship celebrating that, okay? And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be just like what we just had and even better. The other thing that I would tell you is that it's not just for connection. This is for the city. We want the city to come in. So invite everybody you know. We want to fill this place up with people in the back worshiping Jesus, okay? So that's the thing that I want you to do. Um, this morning, it was actually a couple weeks ago, Brandon called me and said, hey, I'm not on drugs. Don't freak out. But what do you think about speaking in a couple weeks uh, during Heart and Soul? And I was like, that's cool, man. I'd love to do that. Um, and the thing that I would tell you is that it was cool then. It's really nerve-wracking right now. <laughs> I'm used to playing back here on the drums and, you know, we average around 1,200 people, and that's, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and it's not, it's not a thing for me to come out and play drums in front of you guys, but it is really different up here with these lights. So, um, but he, he asked me to speak a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, in all of my prep for this, and I've, I've just really dug into the, into the Word and tried to really do as, do as best I can to, to communicate to you guys uh, God's faithfulness, because that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. But I have a little story to kind of bring you into to my life a little bit. So this past week, uh, it was kind of getting crunch time, and I was prepping for this message, and it was about Wednesday night, and my gracious wife, Bethany, uh, told me to get out of the house and go to the office and figure it out. And I went around 9 o'clock, and I left about 1.30 a.m., probably more disheartened and confused than I had when I got there. And now, keep in mind, I'm talking today about God's faithfulness. And Thursday morning at 1.30, I left completely disheartened and thinking that today was just going to be terrible. And I was lacking in my faith that God would pull through. And the thing that I want to read to you guys today is in another, uh, it's in a scripture uh, to kind of talk about what we're, what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and it's in Deuteronomy 7, 9. Okay, so if, turn in your Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we'll have the Sky Bible. It'll be up there. All the scriptures will be up there. And if you do not own a Bible, we will give you one. Go to guest services, my right, your left in this back hallway. If you do not own a Bible, we will give you one because we believe that it is the word of God to us, the people of God, and it's super important that you have it. It's crucial to your walk with, with the Lord and with Jesus to have a Bible. So if you do not have one, go out to guest services and we will give you one, okay? And so you guys should have found Deuteronomy by now. If not, it'll be on the Sky Bible. Chapter 7, verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, 
who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now, the thing I want you guys to understand is when we talk about God and his faithfulness, it is not as much a characteristic of God as it is who he is, okay? You cannot talk about God and not talk about his love. You cannot talk about God and not talk about his faithfulness because that is who he is. He's not 10% faithfulness, 10% love, and this kind of thing. Every ounce of him is faithful. Every part of him is loving, okay? So there, it's take God and faithful. They're synonymous. They work together. It is who he is. So with that said, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump right into this message. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity. What an honor it is, God, to present your word and your gospel uh, this morning to these people. Father, I pray that you would use my words to penetrate the heart uh, the hearts of the people here, Father. And God, I, I also say that these words would not be mine, that they would be yours. Holy Spirit, I invite you here to, to penetrate and pierce people's hearts, God, that they would uh, know you, Father, if they don't know you, that they would come to know you this morning. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We love you and we worship you in the name of Jesus, amen. So like what I was saying, this past week was really a test for me in God's faithfulness, really. I mean, it's, like I was saying earlier, like it's not a really big deal for me to step up here and play drums. I've been doing it for almost 20 years and it comes really naturally and comes really easily. But standing up here is way, way, way different. Brandon did a message a couple of years ago about empty jars and how this woman had a, had a child and, and uh, the prophet Elijah comes to to them and says, make me some bread. And she said, but I only have a little bit of oil and a little bit of bread. And it's basically enough for me to go make a loaf of bread, my son and I to eat, and then we're going to die because we don't have anything else. But the prophet Elijah comes and says, well, go make me a loaf and then get a bunch of jars, bring them, and then make, make your bread and eat it. And basically what happened was as many jars as they had, the spirit allowed the oil to flow. And so this to me today is an empty jar. I can play drums, I can do communications, I can design stuff all day, but this right here, I wanna live my life in such a way that I'm constantly giving God something new. I'm constantly laying my life on the, on the table and saying, God, do, it, do with it as you will. And so when Brandon called me a couple weeks ago and asked me to preach, I was like, yeah, let's do that. This is something new. God, use me in it. And that's what I want my heart to be today. And that's what I want to communicate to you guys today is that God is faithful, he's able, and that he wants to use us. So there's going to be three things that I want you guys to write down today. So if you do not have a piece of paper, write it in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, write it on your neighbor's arm. Do whatever you got to do. Take them out to lunch and then write it on a napkin. Whatever you got to do to get these three things down, do that, okay? The first one that I want you guys to write down is he is faithful. And we're going to read another scripture. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Again, 
it will be on the Sky Bible if you do not own a Bible or do not have it with you today. So it says this, the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, he will also reign with him. If we deny him, and he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. Now there's a couple stories I'm gonna share with you today. One I've already shared about my experience this past week of where my faith was waning but God still remained faithful. And it's perpetuating this notion of what I talked about earlier is that God is faithful. He's not conditionally faithful. He's always faithful. And so this probably became most true in my life roughly about two years ago. A little bit of history for me. I grew up in Statesboro, Georgia. I'm 28. I've been here. I tried to get out. I don't know how many times. I never could. Just God just did not want to work that out for me. And, uh, you know, I, I played with a bunch of bands in, in the past and tried to go out and get out of here, but God just wanted me here. And I think he wanted me here specifically so I could talk to you today about this. But about, uh, I married my wife, Bethany, six years ago, a little over six years. But um, I worked construction for, for a little while and I hated it. And so I decided I would go back to school in 2007 and uh, get, pursue a marketing degree. I always loved marketing and, and, and all of that, um, advertising and, and design and things like that. I've always kind of been an artsy kid, I guess, not really the uh, country type that kind of is around here. We're in the South, but um, I bet none of you thought today was going to be skinny jean Sunday, did you? The whole worship team plus me are all in skinny jeans, and that's probably something that Brandon never, ever thought was going to be on the stage. But uh, I, like I said, I, I, I was in marketing, and I was about to graduate. It was January of 2009, and Bethany and I found out that uh, she was pregnant, and we were going to have our first child. Uh, I have two daughters. Uh, one is Sienna, and she's four years old, and London, who is five months old. Both of them are awesome. I love being a dad. It's probably one of my favorite things. But we found out that we were pregnant in January, and as the semester closed out, I started to get a little bit nervous because I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if we were going to have to move or what we were going to do. And uh, a guy in our church stepped up, and he was like, hey, come in. I want to meet with you. I want to talk with you. Um, at this point, I was kind of doing uh, design stuff for the church uh, without pay. And, you know, it's what it is when you're starting a church, you don't have a lot of resources. And I was loving it, loved doing that. But he contacted me, brought me in his office. It's probably the worst interview uh, that, or at least prep-wise on my part, that I could have done. I showed up in flip-flops, cut-off shorts, and a T-shirt that was a V-neck. And basically walked out of there with a job. And I honestly think he created it for me um, when he didn't have room for it. But, you know, anyway. So I I worked there for for a few years and, you know, I enjoyed what I did. My boss was great, loved the environment. You know, it was, but I felt like towards the end of December or towards the end of 2011 that, you know, the church was growing and I I really had a, a desire to be here and doing this and, he approached me in, in November of 2011. He was like, you know, hey, we've got to, I really need you here. 
we're going to kind of have to work your schedule around a little bit. So, and, and it was just, I, I really felt like God was orchestrating this thing to force me into a decision. And the decision basically was that I was going to either continue on at the construction company or I was going to quit my job. Now, at this point, I had a mortgage, a wife, and a child. And I really felt like he was pushing me, God, that is, to quit my job. Probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I fought him for a solid month on it. And I argued, I think I argued with God and I argued with just about everybody else. I came up with almost every single excuse in the book of why I couldn't do this, why I wasn't able to do this, I wasn't good enough. What was I going to do? I'd had talks with Brandon and he told me that you could, you could come and work for, for, an, for another day at the church and we can pay you. And, and, but it was going to be a two-thirds salary cut. I was going from salary to making like beans. And so the only thing that I had to do was start a business. And it was in an industry that I had not previously had much experience in outside of designing stuff for the church. And so that was super scary. But, you know, I prayed about it and it was mid-December of 2011. And I walked in his office and I said, man, I think that that, that this is, I got to put my two weeks in. This is what... I feel like the Lord's calling me to do. And he was, you know, very gracious. He said, you know, that's great. You know, go and do it. Um, and uh, the, the thing that I would tell you is that sometimes when God calls you to do something, it doesn't always make sense. I love my parents. I do. They're awesome. They're God-fearing, Jesus-loving people. But I can't rem- I, there's a bunch of conversations we had during that time period where they were like, oh, are you sure about this? This is not the most logical, smart thing to be doing. Or you better know that God told you to do this. Otherwise, you could have flopped really hard. And I just, I had to stay steadfast. And, and, and this is what I felt like God was going to do. And uh, this is what he was calling me to do. And I've tried to live my life in such a way that I always gave God the opportunity because I never wanted to ignore or forsake what he was calling me to do. But the thing that I would have, going back to 2 Timothy 2, verse 13, it says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. December of 2011, my faith wasn't very strong at the beginning, but it grew. And so the thing I want you to hear today is that no matter your situation or your circumstance, no matter how much faith or how little faith you have, he is faithful, period. Amen. And so he doesn't, he doesn't say, well, if your faith is this much, then you know, I'm faithful. Or if your faith is that little, I'm not faithful there. That's not the way that he does things. He's faithful regardless of what our involvement is. So the other thing that, so that's kind of my story. The thing I want you guys to hear is that he's faithful to you as well. The same way that he's been faithful to me. A lot of the times we go into situations and circumstances that are rough or tough or hard seasons of trials and and things like that. And we often forget about his faithfulness. 
We, we, we cry out and we're like, God, where are you? I don't know where you are. I can't see you working. I don't see you changing anything. Nothing's happening. But I would, say, I would say this, because this is true in my life. A lot of the reasons that we forget God's faithfulness in the trials and in the bad times is because we never praised him for his faithfulness in the good times. So examples of God's faithfulness in the good times. God's faithful enough to bring the sun up every morning. It's a simple thing. It's something that we just take for granted because we never acknowledge it. But it's to the degree that meteorologists can determine within minutes when the sun's going to rise. That's pretty faithful. The fact that every time you wake up, you take a breath. The notion that God is sustaining these things and that God is working everything out and that he holds everything in the palm of his hands, that's faithful. The fact that we are all breathing right now, that's faithfulness. Because at the moment, he could just do that Snap his fingers and all of us just blah. But he's holding everything together and it's these faithful, it's these ideas and these examples of faithfulness that we sometimes just forget about. And what that does is that doesn't help us in the bad times when stuff comes, when sickness comes, when somebody gets in a car wreck, when something happens, when cancer comes, when anything like that comes, we forget him because we never remembered him in the good times. And so the thing that I would ask you to remember today, write it in your Bible, on your neighbor's arm, in your, in, uh, on your notes or whatever you have available. He is faithful always. He's not faithful conditionally. He's faithful always, okay? And the other thing that I would tell you is that he's been faithful to our church. We've been alive for nearly five years as a, as a connection church. When we had seven people, he was faithful When we had 1,380 people in four and a half years, he's faithful to do what he says he will do, okay? There's countless stories, not just in my life, but in the life of this church and in the lives of the people in this church where God has been faithful to heal, redeem, reconcile, and bless every single person individual in this auditorium regardless of whether you can bring it to your remembrance right now he has shown himself faithful in your lives and if you can't see that right now go to the word the word is just full this whole thing is full of his faithfulness there's so many stories in here of faithfulness that god has shown his people understand he is faithful okay he's nothing but that The second thing I would ask you to write down today is he is able. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Again, if you don't have a Bible with you, check it out on the Sky Bible. So chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I want to draw this out. To him who is able to do far more, okay? A lot of us have ideas or conceptions or or just ideas of, of what is possible for God. What is possible in reality? You know, like, 
the fact that the, the possibility of this hovering right now seems somewhat impossible, okay? If I drop this, it's going to hit the ground. We know that to be the case for a lot of things. And so we look at God in a lot of these ways. We look at God and say, well, that can't happen because uh, logically or because uh, scientifically, that's impossible. A lot of these things are impossible. Some people in this church are going through ailments and sicknesses that seem impossible. Some people in this church are going through marital conflicts that seem impossible to resolve. Some people in this church have parent or are parents who have kids who have gone huge distances away from God and it seems practically impossible for them to come back. There's a lot of situations and circumstances that face us every day that seem impossible. What's the impossibility in your life? Is it sickness? Is it cancer? Is it your marriage is falling apart? Is it addiction to drugs, alcohol, or porn? What is it in your life that seems impossible? What scares you? God says he's able to do that. God says he's able to deliver you. He's able to reconcile it. He's able to heal you. He's able to walk you through it so that you come out better on the other side. The thing that I would tell you is that God always answers. It's another way that he's faithful to us. He always answers us. When we pray, he always answers. Some of you are in here and you're saying, well, you know, I've been praying for this for years and nothing's ever happened. Nothing's, I don't see God moving. Nothing's changed. The thing I would tell you is that Just because we can't see God working doesn't mean he's absent. Let me say that again. Just because he's not, you can't see him working, just because you can't see the change doesn't mean he's not changing things. Like I said earlier, he always answers. He's always faithful to answer us. But sometimes he answers us in ways that we that aren't always preferred. There are three ways that God answers us. The first is by saying yes. The second is by saying no. And the third is sometimes saying, not right now, later. As a dad, I love my daughters with all of my heart. I would do everything, run in front of a car, take a bullet. I would die for them. I love them that much. And the thing that I want you to know is that God is a good, loving dad who will do the same for you. And he already did. And so, an example. Sienna's four. And she's pretty much, you know, she understands a lot. We have good conversations. It's kind of like talking to an adult sometimes, honestly, which is sad, but it's true. Um... You know, Brandon used this example a couple weeks ago about, you know, the idea of cookies coming straight out of the oven. And they're really hot, especially for chocolate chip cookies. That melted chocolate just will burn the fire out of your tongue. But 
sometimes my answer to her is the cookies are done. They just came out of the oven, but they're really hot. And she asks, she could ask for a cookie. And I could, I could say yes. That'd be kind of not good as a dad to do that because it would burn her tongue and she'd probably never want a cookie again. Or I could say no, which is, you know, if she's done something wrong, sure. But, or I could say later and say, not right now, let it cool off and then you can get one because that, that'll be better for you. And the thing that some of us run into is when we pray to God and we ask for a resolve or reconciliation in these areas, sometimes the answer is no or later. And the thing that I would tell you today is that when he does answer you with no or later, it's for your good. Romans eight twenty eight says this, and we know that though, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, the good doesn't necessarily mean our comfort. It doesn't mean that, you know, when we come into hard situations and we pray and God says, okay, or he says no, or he says later, that the result is necessarily for our comfort. It's more for his cause than our comfort. It's more for his kingdom than anything else. He wants to grow us up in him. He wants us to be more like his son and less comfortable. Because comfort doesn't always lead to sanctification. Sometimes comfort leads to stagnation. And so, again, the thing that I would tell you is that God's faithful and God is able. On October 20th, we, it's like I said earlier, we are launching a new vision. We realized a lot of things about our old vision, and some of that was small. But... What we do know is that because he has already proven himself faithful till now to do far more than we could ever ask or think. I mean, I think you could approach anybody who was part of that original, that original group of connection and say, in four and a half years, you would have nearly 1,400 people and have seen hundreds, if not a thousand people come to, to salvation or baptism or take these next steps. I think you, we, you would have approached us and, said you're, and we would have said you're crazy. Mostly because our vision was 2,000 people by 2020. And that's, we thought that was a stretch, honestly. We sat and mapped it out on this whiteboard uh, one, one day in, uh, in the blue building and mapped it out. And, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of us who were just kind of like, well, I don't know about this, you know. I think it was about two years, maybe, maybe less time than that, that I think Brandon just kind of threw away the numbers because we, God had just grown our church so much greater than what our, any of our expectations were. Ephesians 3.20 is very much a reality for us here at Connection Church because we've seen it time and time again. There's not been an instance or anything that he's ever asked us to do or told us to do that he's not met our needs. He's not fulfilled his promises. Every single time he's ever done that, told us to do something, called us out, he's always met our needs. Bethany, my wife and I, were here from, from the beginning and, and our worship music started with a computer with two little Dell speakers. And 
we met in a pond house and that was the extent of our worship is we just set up a set list uh, of tracks on iTunes and I pressed the button play and it just rolled through and did some slides and stuff like that. So every step of the way that we have gone with our worship team to get to the point where we are now, God has met our needs. Every time we ask and say, God, we need a guitar player. God, we need another drummer. God, we need some vocalists. God, we need some, some of this. He's always met our needs. Now, it's not always been the way that we thought it was or when we thought it was going to be, but he's always met our needs. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but he's never not met a need that we had. And so the thing that I would tell you today is that you, for your life and for, for the, what God has called you to do, to consider these things, go home and consider these things and say, all right, well, God was faithful in this, in this instance for Sean and God was faithful in, this, in these instances for connection. Well, he can be faithful in my life too. I want you guys to get that today. I want you to understand that he loves you and he wants to show you his faithfulness because what that will do is that will grow a greater testimony of his goodness in your life. And that means that you will be more apt and more able to go and talk to other people about it, which is what he wants to do. He wants to grow you up and he wants to make you more like his son and he wants to grow his church. God is a good dad. He wants lots of kids and he wants you to be a part of it and he wants other people to be a part of it. And the only way, not the only way, but one of the ways that he does that is by using us. But we have to trust him. We have to know that he's capable. We have to know that he's faithful so that when we go out and we take a step of faith and we share our faith with somebody or we talk with Jesus about the cashier at Walmart or the waitress at Waffle House, wherever you're at, that if God pricks your heart and tells you to do something, you can know a couple of things. One, he's faithful and two, he's able. The third thing that I'd ask you guys to write down is he's calling us out. He is calling us out. Flip with to me, or with me, not to me. Flip with me to Matthew chapter 14. This is a Bible story that, that you know, I grew up talking about, and I'm sure a lot of you have talked about or heard about at least, hopefully. This is basically where Peter's walked on the water. And so let me set this up for you a little bit. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus and his disciples are going from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. And in that moment, in chapter 12, this big storm comes. Jesus is asleep. He's knocked out. I mean, he's tired. He's been preaching. He's been talking. He's been walking, all this kind of stuff. He's tired. He's conked out and these disciples are freaking out because this is a storm like they haven't seen before and the wind is going and the waves are going and these boats weren't like the boats we've got today they were handmade they were really well made but they were kind of small and they didn't have like lower decks that you could go hide out in this was just an open open fishing vessel that they were going in so it was just an open hole and they were all kind of just hanging out in there and jesus wakes up and he and he calms the storm And then they go, and then Jesus starts preaching on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And then he says, all right, you guys go ahead and get the boat. I'll meet you on the other side. I'm going to go up to the mountain and pray. 
So he goes up to the mountain and pray. The guys get out, the disciples get out in the boat, and they're in the middle of the, or the Sea of Galilee, and it starts storming again. And so they start, I'm sure, kind of freaking out again, but this time Jesus isn't in the boat. And so it says on the fourth watch, which is around 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning, more than likely this storm has been going for a long time. They haven't slept, and so they're kind of somewhat delusional. And it says in, uh, in the, before 28, which is what we're going to read, it says in verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now verse 28 says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And the thing that I would tell you is that Peter did not hesitate when Jesus said, it is I. He just said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water and I'll come out to you. Jesus said, come, and he went. The thing that I would tell you, on October 20th, Jesus is calling us out as a church to take big steps. Know that Peter was a fisherman. Peter was one of the first people that Jesus called out and said, come follow me. He knew what would happen when he stepped out of the boat apart from Jesus. He was going to go straight to the bottom because he more than likely was not one that was going to float. But God's done the same thing with us. We realized at Connection that our vision was too small. That our faith wasn't enough. But God has given us something that we know is a big step of faith. But it's also something that we want you guys to be a part of. We called out to God and we said, hey, if this is something you would have us to do, if you would have if you would grow, want to grow this church more than what it is right now and impact this city even greater than what it already has, call us out on the water and we'll come. And so the thing that I would tell you is do not miss this day. It is gonna be huge and it's gonna be awesome because God has called us out and we're gonna respond, okay? One of the things Brandon's always talked about here at Connection is that we will always and forever be a church that steps out in faith. That if we ever get to a point where, like what he read in the letter last week uh, that Gerald Law wrote, which was really scary and kind of freaky at how similar it was to us. Um, If you did not uh, come last week or did not hear about that message, go and watch it. Um, it's online at connection-church.com as all of our messages are. And so it was really similar to who, to who we were. But he, one of the things that he said is that we will always step out in faith. We won't ever stop giving God an empty jar. One of the empty jars that we've given God recently is one in one. And that's our, that's our project to build a permanent campus and to invest $1.5 million in the world for missions. 
That's a huge jar that we know because of what God has done in the past and because the Bible says he's able and he's already done things in our church to justify how able he is, we know he's going to fill it up. And so we will always be a church that walks in faith and not fear. The thing that I want you guys to understand is that fear, a lot of the times, I would say all the time, will paralyze your faith. It's not something that, that God desires for you to have. Because fear says, God, I don't trust you. What I can conceive of, what I think, what I know can happen is all that exists. The impossibility of, of, of this situation is too great for you. That's what fear says. And so when we look at a broken marriage or we look at addiction or we look at uh, sickness or ailments and we say, God, you can't do that. That's what we're saying when we walk in fear. One of the things I think I'm, uh, I'm most excited about is uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends, I'd probably consider him a best friend. He and his wife on this Friday uh, will be doing something absolutely incredible. Um, Justin and Elena uh, are going to, or Justin's going to be donating his kidney to Elena on Friday. Um, it's so incredible to see how God's used them, how God's been faithful to him, how God has put them together a number of years ago. And what's going to be even more awesome, and this is how good our, our, our dad is. This is how good God is to us. Not only is Justin a perfect match to Elena for, for a, a kidney transplant, it's going to be on their five-year anniversary. Kind of, what better present than that? I mean, he's pretty much, yeah. He's effectively ruined every other present that he could ever do. He will never be able to top that. But the thing that I would tell you is that God knew that this was going to be the incidence and this was going to be the occasion when he put them together. There's a lot of impossibilities that exist in this room right now. I'm sure for them that was an impossibility. But the thing that I would tell you is that is exactly what we talked about today. God's faithful and he is able to do those things. A lot of the times with God's faithfulness, Brandon said this last week, a lot of the times we don't give him the opportunity to be faithful because we actually never step out of the boat. Most of us will stay put in the boat. And the thing that I want you to understand, it's not a bad thing to stay in the boat. Throughout scripture, we never saw that Jesus reprimanded the disciples who stayed in the boat. We never saw that Jesus said, you guys are just terrible because you stayed put. But what we did see as we saw Peter take a step of faith and say, Lord, I just want to get close to you. God, I just want to come out there on the water. Command me to come out on the water. I'm willing to go out on the water. I'm willing to do this. And what happened? He walked on water. That was an experience that Peter had that none of the rest of them had. 
And so I want you to hear that staying put is not sinful, but it doesn't give God an empty jar. It doesn't give God the opportunity to bless you with his faithfulness, to show you how capable and faithful he is. Some of you this morning see some impossibilities in your life. What are those? What scares you? What are you fearful of? What are you concerned about? What are you worried about? What do you think can't happen? Again, like Ephesians 3.20 says, he's able to do that. And he's able to do far more than that. We've already seen him do far more in this church. I've seen him personally do far more in my life. Where I'm at today, I could have never imagined. I always thought that I would be touring professionally as a drummer. I never thought in a million years that I would be standing on this stage telling you about Jesus. But God's faithful and he has a better story for our lives. He has a better plan. And the thing that I want you to understand, he's faithful, he's able, and he will call you out if you give him the opportunity. So thing I would ask you again, what's that impossibility in your life? Maybe today the impossibility for you is I'm too far gone. Maybe it's there's no way he could love me. I'm not sure about that. I don't believe it. I mean, I've done too much in my life. I've done this and I've done that. I've been addicted to this. I've, I've gone down that road and I've denied him. I can't count how many times. But the thing that I would tell you is that he's faithful and he wants to know you. In a few minutes, if that's the case for you, I'm gonna ask you to stand to receive Jesus. The thing I want you to to remember in this time is that Jesus loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to change your life. He wants to take your impossible situations and he wants to show you just how possible they are. Scripture says that all things are possible with Christ. That includes your salvation. That includes you coming to him. If that's for the first time, maybe you've grown up in church and this, this idea of a faithful, capable God is something that you've just not ever heard of. Or maybe you've just not ever given him the opportunity to, but that would be something that you'd want to do today. I would encourage you in a moment to stand up. So if that's you, if that's you, that you feel your heart beating a hundred miles an hour right now, and you know that you don't know him, you don't know this God, you don't know this Jesus, 
that's you, I'd ask you to stand up right now. Be bold. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to clap and we are going to rejoice in that. If that's you, stand up this morning, please. The second thing I'd ask for you guys. All right. Two more back there. Come on, church. I'd ask all of you, if you would, go ahead and make your way over here to the, to the prayer team. They'd love to pray with you. Um, thank you for standing up. Thank you for being bold in that. The second thing I would have you guys consider today is you're facing something that's completely impossible, or you think at least it's impossible. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's Addiction, maybe it's reconciliation of a relationship, maybe it's something, whatever it is, that you can't see the end, you can't see how God could work it out. The thing I would ask this morning is for you to consider what that is and make a decision to get that out, to bring it into the light and say, I just don't think this is possible, but I want to know that it is. Our prayer team standing over here, they would love to pray with you. And so when I pray in just a few minutes, I'd ask you to go ahead and stand up and make your way over to them. They love you guys. They want to encourage you. They want to pray with you. And so if there's a impossibility in your life that you do not think God can take care of, I would tell you that he can and that he wants to. And make your way over here and get prayed with. I'm gonna close our time out. Jesus, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for rescuing people. I thank you for changing our lives. I thank you for your son and how he has blessed us with his sacrifice on the cross. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your faithfulness. God, I ask that you would continue to move in our hearts, continue to change us from the inside out, make us more like your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you so much for this church and for this family and for being a good, loving dad who wants the best for his kids. God, I lift up your name today. God, I thank you for this family. We wanna worship you with everything that we do. In the name of Jesus, amen.